You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I guess I didn't have enough coffee this morning. Well, no, I, I think it's just the awesomeness of talking about the world apostolate of Fatima. It's the awesomeness of talking about Our Lady and how much she means to our Catholic faith. Yeah. And, and you do, you get so immersed in that beauty and that truth and that goodness of Our Lady that we do get tongue-tied. Yes. <laughs> and yes. that's okay. Yeah. It's because it's just so incredibly awesome. Yeah. yeah. And to let listeners know, um, the, the website, if they want to go straight to the, the good stuff and get the whole story, bluearmy.com is a, is a quick way to, to go online and, and get that. So there's so much more to share and, and learn about that. So I hope that you will uh, check that out. Um, so we have a guest here, and we're going to be talking about virtual reality replacing real reality. Is that a good idea or not? Sounds like a, a, a relevant topic for, for today in our digital world. Oh, so, we, so very relevant, Roxanne. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all have... We all have kids. Well, we both have kids, I should say. And those in our listening area probably have kids that, you know, social media, not necessarily social media, but the virtual video gaming and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, You know, that's that's an important part of their lives and some of their social time with friends. But, you know, we're really excited to talk to our next guest on like kind of a balance with that. So we have Patrick Gordon talking and he is from an organization called Tobit. Patrick, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for having me today. You bet. Could you start by telling us what Tobit stands for? It's an acronym. So why don't you share a little bit about that? Yes, very good. So hopefully our listeners know, um, you know, are familiar with the book of Tobit in the Bible. This is where the uh, the acronym is is kind of a play on words here. Um, But it does have a slightly different spelling. So it's it's T-O-B-E-T, the acronym COVID, so it stands for Theology of the Body Evangelization Team. And so in a nutshell, um, this organization that I work for, Tobit, uh, is uh, currently our president is Monica Ashour. She is one of the founding members, and um, it, it's dedicated, as the name implies, to evangelizing through St. John Paul II's message of the Theology of the Body. That is so awesome. You know, Roxanne and I have both had the blessing of having our children, uh, nine of them combined, um, (laughs) going through um, Catholic schools where they've actually had the privilege of learning theology of the body uh, from their middle school through high school years. Um, It it is so formative. And I know that uh, a lot of our religious education programs in our area anyway also have that part of it, um, you know, in their catechesis. So it's, Mm. it's just so important. So for our listeners, I mean, to really delve in, um, where I'm, I'm kind of using this technology this morning, Patrick, where I'm really <laughs> telling people to go Google, you know, <laughs> World Apostolate of Fatima, Blue Army, and now, you know, um, Theology of the Body, uh, the St. John Paul II Institute, and um, there's just so many rich resources for parenting in that, in that realm. For sure. So, Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we, you have an article that we're kind of going to highlight today. It's called Hungry for Reality. So, a little bit about yourself, and then jump into that article that you wrote. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'll start with just a few quick personal and professional um, points here. So, um, I'm originally from southwest Colorado, 
Uh, I now live in Texas. Um, but I, I, I was discerning the priesthood for a little while. That brought me to Ave Maria University, where I studied philosophy and theology. Uh, and I had the, the privilege back then to run into Theology of the Body in a formal sense, uh, studying under Dr. Michael Walstein, who was there at the time. And that was such a huge blessing. I didn't realize what a blessing at the time. He's one of the major uh, translators um, of the Engl- English translation of the Theology of the Body, oh, cool. and just a real guru in, <laughs> in yeah. Theology of the Body. Um, and then after that, after Ave Maria, I went back to Colorado, uh, to my hometown, and uh, I taught middle school at a, at a, a small independent Catholic school for some time, um, and then I also was the principal there for about five years. So I have uh, I, I kind of a a real tenure track for, for some time mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in Catholic education and have a real passion for that. Um, but it was really on my heart and mind to get back into the classroom and to get back to philosophy and theology. So that brought me to the University of Dallas here in Texas, where I'm working on a master's and Ph.D. in philosophy. Um, it's been a wonderful program. Um, and this is where I met Monica Ashour here in Texas, and she she found out about my background in education and um, and also studying philosophy, and so she invited me to to join Tobit and to to assist in developing some of the um, the future resources that we're hoping to provide, especially for high schoolers um, down the road. Um, and so one of the things I do is I, I you know I'm I'm there for helping with content, and we've recently tried to kind of. Um, vamp up our blog uh, resources for for parents and educators specifically, uh, and so that's where I wrote this uh, recent article that you you found and um, and and spoke to the the subject of, of uh, virtual reality and um, so really talking about technology and how that relates to theology of the body. So so. Patrick, tell uh, tell our listeners and and us um, why is virtual reality and technology so appealing? I mean, especially you being in like a high school setting, um, it just really draws um, our youth um, from the very youngest ages. But I'm sure as a teacher, you saw it, and um, and then and then they continue. I mean, I have a 29 and 31 year old son. They still like that video game stuff too, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and. And they they do have real jobs, but <laughs> but tell us Absolutely. about that. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, and what provoked uh, you know, I mentioned in my article that uh, I was getting a haircut, and the hairstylist she was telling me about her family getting these virtual reality goggles, and this is you know one of these um, you know recent kind of innovations that are really popular, uh, really fun kind of uh, game you can do, uh, but. Uh, so, so there's there's all sorts of reasons I would say, and it's important for us I think to recognize what first attracts us to technology. Uh, first and foremost, though, I think it's important to remember what technology means. Technology is a tool, right? And so it, it's a tool that empowers us to do all sorts of things today. From from this radio interview right now, <laughs> where people can can hear right. uh, wonderful, edifying Catholic uh, messages. Uh, that are really edifying for our souls and our minds and hearts. So there's really wonderful things that technology can do for us, uh, and it can provide us great leisure, entertainment. Uh, visually, it's really attractive. I mean, look at a, a little baby or a child. They're going to be drawn to a screen right away. So there's something in human nature itself, right, that, that we're programmed in a sense. I hate to actually 
use that word program because we're not uh, <laughs> we're not robots, right? So we're not programs, but but we are designed in a way that we are drawn towards these uh, visual stimuli that are um, you know moving images uh, capture our imaginations, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I don't think we we should think that we can like fight against that. That's just really. Um, part of our, our structure and design as human persons to be drawn towards these things. Um, and my purpose was not to say uh, we're not going to be drawn towards these things or that somehow we're disordered by being drawn towards it, but it's to actually pause and reflect about, well, what next? We're drawn to this, <laughs> but what's my relationship with technology? Um, and I think it's clear that that a lot of us have a problematic relationship with technology, Um and that's, that's, again, what my article was kind of uh, starting to address there. Patrick, can, can you explain? I, I've actually put on uh, the goggles, the virtual reality. Can you explain <laughs> to people who have no idea what virtual reality is to kind of help them understand what we're talking about? For sure. Actually, I mean, maybe maybe you could give some some more in depth description. But uh, but right, these are um, so the specific uh, piece of technology I'm talking about with the virtual reality goggles are these. They're literally just goggles you wear, and um, it it kind of augments a video game experience, right? So this is this would be a piece of uh, technology that you could use to, in a kind of three dimensional manner. Uh, you know, play a video game, and it really would just heighten your sense of what you're experiencing in, in a normal video game on a, on a television. Um, so it kind of feels like you're in the, the fantasy world of the video game. Uh, in the example in my article, the, the mom was telling me about they were doing a fishing game, right, and they caught a fish, and she, she was holding, quote-unquote, holding the fish in her hands. And this is what it looks like, and this is what it uh, kind of feels like when you're using this. Isn't it amazing, our senses? I mean, you know, I think when you talk about how we're drawn to this or children are drawn to it at such a young age, it's like the this, our senses are so strong. And even if we lack one sense, I remember being in a hospital for five days blinded and my hearing just like went zoom. You know, higher wow. than I ever, you know, imagined. Like, literally, I could recognize who was coming by their footsteps. I mean, it, it's so mm-hmm. amazing, our senses. And so, you know, even we can read a word and we can smell the food, you know, that of the <laughs> word we just read. I mean, it, it's so powerful how God has created us. And so it is so important to, you know, to really have that balance and understanding of... Um, when it can be used for good and when it can, you know, um, just take us over. Right. Absolutely. Oh, well, we have, we have a, we're going to go on a quick break in about a minute here, uh, Patrick. But when we come back, um, it would just be really great if you could talk a little more about some of the dangers of seeking satisfaction and happiness through these virtual world experiences. Um, it's um, the, We do have a lot of people living in fantasy worlds right now, these utopian worlds that they're seeking out. And um, part of our pilgrimage does have suffering. Part of our pilgrimage does have um, hard work. Uh, you know, it's not all easy. And, and just kind of explain some of the dangers that can come from just trying to live in that utopian world when we come back from the break. But we want to thank our listeners. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back in just a couple minutes to Real Presence Radio and talking more with Patrick Gordon. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio, Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson, your co-host, and I'm so grateful to have my good friend join me this morning. Roxanne Salonen, glad to be here talking with Patrick Gordon from Tobit. And he is talking about an article that he wrote called Hungry for Reality. We're really talking about the balance between virtual lives and real lives and, and how those kind of mix. So during the break, we were kind of talking about a parallel that, that was kind of interesting. And I'd like Patrick to go ahead and expound a little bit about that in terms of the faith and how we sort those things out. So Patrick, do you want to share a little bit about your thoughts on the Eucharist? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, um, you know, it's so easy for us to go to, to one extreme or another uh, with things when we're looking. Um, so at technology, it's easy to either just say, you know, it, it, it's the devil, it's evil, <laughs> let's, just, let's all become Amish and, and go avoid it all. Um, or it's easy, on the other hand, to say, no, this is our modern world, and let's just get with the times, and let's just keep moving forward without reflection. Um, and, and I really do believe there is a middle way, which is to say, let's look at the reality of what's going on and what's a healthy relationship to that. Um, so with technology, um, you know, one parallel I drew out is that uh, technology can offer us a kind of fantasy or virtual experience at times, um, but 
the the real question for me is, is that experience equivalent to, is it equal to, or even better than a real lived experience? And the danger is that we can often say, yes, it's, it's just as good or better in, in some, some sense. Um, and, and what I was drawing a parallel to was our recent experience as Catholics going through the, um, well, we're still going through, but, but especially at the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, when we were quarantined and, and for, uh, for a while, most of us were restricted from going to Mass in person, right? And so we could, we could watch Mass online. And my question was, is that the same? And of course, as Catholics, we, we first of all, we know, <laughs> we know that that's not the same. We know right. that there's, there's a categorical difference um, in, in what kind of experience I'm living from watching something on a screen to actually being there in person. This is why I, I can't go to the sacrament of confession um, on the phone, or I can't go to the sacrament of confession through a screen on Zoom. Um, I can't receive Jesus' body and blood in the Eucharist. Um, from from far away, right? Um, and so there's something about um, the body <laughs> that tells us that this is the case. And, and when we think about the Incarnation, uh, Christ becoming man, He didn't just from a distance shout from the sky about how we are to be saved um, or how to follow Him. He came, He became, He took on flesh, He became one of us, um, and He shows us then the importance of the body and, and living in the body, uh, living in proximity. So, um, yeah, as Catholics, we're, we're, we're sacramental. We believe in the sacraments. We believe in physical reality and, and that it holds this immense importance. And one of the things you said earlier was that, that technology is a tool that empowers. It's not the real thing. It's a tool. And so how do we, how do we balance that out as Catholics? We're the salt of the earth, and we're, we're, we're the ones, I guess, that are saying, let's, let's do the middle way, like you said, let's pause and reflect. How do we do that? Right. Yeah. No, so good. I, I think that, you know, we are very inclined to use, I, I do this all the time myself, we use the word balance. Mm-hmm. And I, I was reflecting on this, I almost think the word balance can be a bit of a misnomer. You know, when, when I imagine balance, I think of a scale, and I think about putting, you know, uh, two items on each side of the scale and, and balancing them. And I think when it comes to technology, we might end up having a kind of wrong image if we simply think in terms of balance. Because I think, um, you know, we might think, oh, well, you know, maybe I should just have two hours of screen time today um, or, you know, in, in, in an hour of prayer. You know, would that be balanced? <laughs> and so we might want to almost think in a mathematical sense of what it means for balance. And I really think... Instead, you know, if I asked you, well, what is your relationship to your tools? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> what is the balance you have with your tools? Well, you wouldn't think, well, how much time am I spending with, with my, you know, my toolbox and all the tools I have there? <laughs> you think, am I using these tools in the way that is helpful to, for, for their functions, for their jobs? Well, what is technology doing in relationship to us as human persons? Uh, so first of all, in other words, we have to think, what is our calling as human persons? Well, Christ says that we're supposed to take up our cross daily and follow him. So what I would encourage everyone to do, for all of us to do, is to reflect on, when I'm using technology, is it helping me? Is it helping me to accomplish my job as a human person in following Christ and taking up my cross daily and following him? Because I think for many of us, when when we're thinking about our, our use of technology, we don't think first and foremost, what is my purpose, my mission as a human person, and is technology helping me to fulfill that mission? Um, so if I'm finding that I'm just distracted all the time, 
that um, I'm being drawn into unhealthy activities with technology, that should be a big flag for me that it's not actually accomplishing its purpose. So if we want to talk about balance, that's fine, but we want to think about in terms of, of harmony as a human person, is technology actually helping me to accomplish my ends as a human person who's created in the image and likeness of God? And that is so beautiful, Patrick. You know, it, as you were, you know, speaking there, I can remember my sons getting together with their buddies, and 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 sometimes they'd be playing, you know, the games together. But every once in a while, it's like they were all doing their own thing, you know, like in the corner. And my husband and I would be like, "Hey, looks fun, individual." you know, uh, video gaming or whatever. I can't even remember what my husband would say. And they would just kind of look at us and laugh. And then, of course, they'd be interacting as a communal person, as a, you know, a group of friends again, after we were kind of like, hey, wait a minute, guys, this isn't real cool. <laughs> you know? Sure, and, sure. and And, uh, but they were, they'd always take it very like, uh, yeah, thanks, Mr. Bitson, you know, <laughs> and then they would be off, and, and they're still best of friends today. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I like how you define that balance, and you gave us a new perspective on on um, how to view that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is so cool, and, and is everything that we're doing as Christians, are we, uh, are we doing it for God, are we doing it to give glory to God, and um, and that is just so important. And I love this article uh, because we can get caught up in that virtual world of fishing. Even I love to fish. I could fish every <laughs> single day of every single minute of the day, actually, uh, for the rest of my life. I just love it. Um, but to do that in a video game versus that experience of you know, getting in the boat and enjoying the water and maybe there's some wind or rain or whatever associated with it, but just uh, the beauty of God's creation, I just can't see how it could be seen in this uh, virtual reality. Another another example I've heard is looking at a sunset versus looking at a picture of a sunset, right? Or a, mm. an image of a sunset. So Two true. Different things. So yeah. true. I've been to Greece. The the water is the bluest of blue that you've never seen in the rest of the world. But a picture just doesn't do it justice. That's a great you know, analogy, mm-hmm. Roxanne. Oh, well, Patrick, Absolutely. you know, can you, can you talk to us a little bit about what Pope Benedict XVI had to say about the role of comfort in our lives? Sure. So, um, you know, and, and by the way, this is one of those quotes that goes around all the times. It's kind of a, as far as I can tell, it's kind of a piecing together of, of a couple different things that Pope Benedict has said. Um, but the, the, the essence of the quote is that he says the human person, that we as persons are not created for comfort, but for greatness. And, and this, this quote really resonates with me and, and on this topic, because as I see it, one of the great dangers um, of technology um, is is that it can give us a kind of false image and illusion of reality, right? And that false image is that (laughs) suffering or um, turmoil, ardor, difficult things are are, are either not real or not desirable in any kind of sense. In other words, that, um, you know, when Christ says, take up your cross daily and follow me, he's calling us to embrace the kinds of sufferings and hardships in life in a way that is going to result in our glorification with Him, right? In other words, Christ makes all things new. So even the sufferings that we experience in life, while the sufferings themselves are not desirable, they are the path to greatness, 
for the human person, like for all of us. So, so in, in, when we are Christians following Christ, um, all of these wounds can become glorified. But what does the video game give us? It gives us this utopian kind of image of a, of a life that doesn't have real consequences, and there's no real ardor or discipline. And, and I would argue that one of the, the reasons we struggle so much today, and I think particularly young people who are very connected with technology, um, one of our greatest struggles is to, to be able to have grit, to persevere, to, to uh, go through difficult tasks. In, in my most recent blog article, um, it's entitled Returning to the Garden. I really go into depth on this issue. Um, and I talk about actually how something, a simple task like gardening, is actually so profoundly helpful for us to, to learn some of these lessons and connecting with, with reality of what's required to, um, to actually cultivate a uh, healthy nature. It requires real work. Right, and the same is true in our own lives and our own souls. And so, if we if we buy into a virtual imitation in a way that tells us, "Oh no, if you get shot on a video game, you don't actually die. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you perform great feats, uh, you know you don't have to have any skills or training in order to to accomplish those great feats." Um, and so, it, it can prevent it can present a kind of false understanding of reality, and then have us become attached to that. Right and become very passive um, in in receiving that kind of um, pleasure without putting in any kind of work, um, and so it, it, again, it detaches us from our bodies. It, it detaches us from living life with our bodies in a way that is actually to our our own good. You know, Patrick, that is so fantastic how you wrap that up. We only have thirty seconds to a hard break, but can you quickly? Uh, Tell our listeners um, where they can find resources about this article. Absolutely. So please go to our website, which is tobit.org. That's T-O-B-E-T.org. And then you can go to our blog page where we have um, all sorts of blogs. And then also check out our other products for Theology of the Body. Well, thank- um, Another... I'm sorry, we we have a hard break, but we are so grateful, Patrick, for all that you have uh, shared with us this morning. And so we're going to have to say goodbye, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Up next, Shelley Demers. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenge.